0: (laughs) (laughs) hello emerging writers welcome we're so glad that you could join us today as we sip tea and discover our inner storytellers for those of you who are joining us for the first time my name is stephanie and i'm joined by my best friend kayla and my sister jordan hello hi every week we'll be inviting you to join us as we cuddle up in our blanket fort drink tea and discuss the intricacies of writing and how we can become the writers we dream to be today's topic for discussion nurturing that first spark How do you take that initial flash of inspiration and turn it into a full-fledged story? Personally, I think today we could really kill two birds with one stone, because struggling to turn that initial idea into a plot is really quite similar to dealing with writer's block. As far as developing your story, though, I think the most important thing for every story is going to be your characters and your conflict. So the first thing you'll want to do is to establish both. This doesn't really have to be especially detailed. It's just an idea of your main contenders and what your big problem is going to be. If you're starting off with only a vague theme or idea, maybe a single character in mind, start by spending some time with that idea. Dissect it a little. What sparked it? Why are you interested in it? Is there a specific part of it that piqued your interest? Try to find the conflict in your idea or the desires inherent to the character that inspired you. Will they be saving the world? Solving a murder? Finding love? Finding themselves? What do your characters hope to accomplish? What are their motives? Know your characters enough to begin writing them and to give them a path to start traveling on. Know your conflict enough to give yourself direction. Once you find out what they want and need, you can figure out how the conflict prevents them from getting this. And right there, you have the beginnings of a plot, and you can start brainstorming a little bit more.
1: I really like free writing as opposed to brainstorming with lists. Or mind maps or anything like that. To me, just starting to write it all out and then looking at the couple of pages I wrote and really think, thinking about how that style of writing feels and how that character feels and the tone to the story and the, the flare and spice to the character's perspective. All of that does so much more planning and brainstorming work and springs so many more ideas to me than any note-taking or deep dives of just thought. And so I'm a really big advocate to just buying a dollar spiraled notebook and jotting down pages and pages of that character's perspective until you feel them well enough to write them. But that's just my process.
2: I think I take a lot of little notes. I've got a notebook full of sticky notes with all sorts of little ideas that I've come up with over time and, um, developing the characters that I have and really getting to know them, I think is Really important, I think the best way to do that is just to spend a lot of time in their head, kind of thinking about how they'd respond in all sorts of different situations because when you really know them, then I think writing what they would do um, becomes more organic, and you can think of how to actually drive your character in your story rather than having weird things happen to them that and getting. I guess where you're out of character, if you know them really well, you know how they'd respond and you can figure out what plot would push them best and what way you could get them to be their best self if you really understand them. I think the
1: same is true of knowing the world you're writing in. You have to know the laws of the universe you're creating, whether it's traffic laws or the way characters greet each other on the street or whether there's magic or dragons or robots. If you don't know the rules of the world you're writing, and maybe you don't have it all jotted out, but you have a feel for it and you really understand the space you're creating and writing in, um, that can help define the world a lot. And it gives you a lot less wasted scenes, I feel like, because you're writing things that fit the world. And so that, that to me is a really important thing to get down in planning and plotting and taking
0: notes and stuff. That's really interesting because I would almost argue being careful of those sorts of things. Uh, as someone who's what's considered a, a plotter, um, I feel most comfortable getting my story as definitively down as I can before I even start looking at the blank page. The problem with that is I never started writing. Uh, I spent way too long worrying over not having every detail figured out. I didn't know how this plot hole was gonna be fixed. I didn't know where the characters were gonna move from there. If I started trying to write in them, I didn't really know them. It wasn't until I actually sat down and started writing that I really actually found out what my world was, who my characters were. I didn't find out who they were until I started spending time with them. I definitely think there are uh, times when like mind mapping or um, more structured forms of like creative juice flowing. I don't know. I didn't have the right wording there, but I definitely think they have their place. Uh, This is where I think especially writer's block kind of coincides with this sort of thing because these same tools can be used when dealing with those funks that writers inevitably will find themselves in, especially the mind mapping and bouncing ideas off of people. That can get you out of pretty much any funk ever, the bouncing ideas. Mind mapping is kind of here nor there when it comes with writing. It can help you figure out how different ideas fit together, but I don't know. It just kind of depends on the person. I think free writing and just getting into the scene and letting that flow is really helpful in finding out what your world is, who your people are, how things are going to actually start f- moving forward.
1: I can say for my writing process, free writing is one of the only forms of prep that I find to be useful. I have some notes of like the names of characters and their relationships to each other and the names of towns, stuff like that just because I want the like particulars to be consistent if I can help it but for actually organizing my thoughts and forming the story. Free writing is the only sort of planning that I do that's, that I've found to be beneficial through the years. And so I do that to get a sense of the tone of the world and the tone of the writing style and a little bit to know the characters. But usually I just get a sense of the world and the tone to the writing and then dive in.
2: I think I'm probably somewhere between both of you. I do some outlining, not super in-depth because... I tend to change it a lot as I write, so I don't really try to get every little detail down. But I do like to set up some goals that I want to reach at a certain point in the story so I can say, oh, I'm meeting this, or no, I'm going in a wrong direction. I'm If I'm heading here, I need to change things up a bit and figure out how to get there. But I definitely don't do in-detail plotting. This story that I'm working on now is probably my most plotted out story with one of the first longer things I wrote. I just wrote from the seat of my pants and it all somehow came together. I don't really know how. I was really inspired and it was like my little magical masterpiece of writing and everything after that has been like pulling teeth. But I do find the merit in planning, especially with something long, because you can really get lost in the details and just in the ways a scene could go can really throw you off. In a long story, if you're not focusing on the end goal or little plot points, you can get completely disoriented and probably end up having to rewrite like I've done before, (laughs) which is why I started trying to outline on this version of my story.
1: I don't mind rewriting and editing because to me, I rarely have a story where I have a specific plot goal. So when I get a little bit lost and meander in the story, it's okay and I just roll with that plot instead and revise it. Usually what I have is a specific uh, theme that I want to achieve or a specific character arc where I'm like, oh, well, I want her, her to go through this um, conflict or this anger or this tragedy and then to come out the other side of it and be stronger or more intelligent or kinder. And so I go into stories with really specific themes that I want and really specific character arc, uh, emotional beats but rarely do I have a plot that I'm attached to. And so I'm total, I do a lot of rewriting and editing because I find it more beneficial to have the characters feel natural and fully grown. And that comes to me with a easier, with a looser plot.
0: This sort of discussion reminds me a lot of the interaction between Alice and the Cheshire Cat (laughs) when she's trying to figure out how to get to where she wants to go. And the Cheshire Cat is like, well, where is it you want to go? And she's like, well... I don't really know. He's like, well, then it doesn't matter which way you go. (laughs) You'll you'll end up where you're gonna be no matter what. I think the line is. And it doesn't matter which way you go. She says, so long as I get there, it doesn't matter. He's like, oh, well, you're sure to do that if only you continue walking. I think that's
2: a really good analogy for writing because you really can't get there unless you just write it and keep writing. Because eventually you'll have the thing you want, but you have to keep writing it. Because if you don't have anything on the page, you can't do anything with it. But even if you have terrible, awful writing and just the most rudimentary words that you've ever written in your life, you can make it better because it's on the page and your brain can work with it. It can't work with nothing.
0: You can edit what's there, but you can't do anything with a blank page. And the blank page, I think, is the most intimidating thing to a writer. So just write. Like, it's okay if it's the crappiest writing you've ever written in your life. I'm dealing with that now in my own story it's embarrassingly bad. No one's going to see it, but it's there and I can edit it and make it something better.
2: Yeah. And it gives you, you I don't know, your, your brain just processes your story as you work on it. Even if you're in a different part, you can come up with some plot point you missed or some part you weren't sure about. Just writing some random scene, you'll say, oh, you know what I could do in this one part that I've been stuck on that you wouldn't have got because... You weren't working on it or you were stuck and you were ignoring it or doing something else.
1: Yeah, no matter where you continue writing and the story goes, you'll find more branches down the path and you'll find more options to the story. And so if you have writer's block or if you have an idea and it isn't going anywhere, if you just keep writing eventually through that progress, you'll see an idea and a pathway for the story that makes more sense
0: to you or is more inspiring, and you're not going to find that without writing it down. Yeah, sometimes I'll be writing a scene and just kind of making it up as I go, because right now I'm at a point in my plot where I didn't get that far in the planning. So every single day I write, it's something completely new. I look at the page and I go okay, where's this scene going? And I just write. And I've had some pretty crap days where every single word that gets on that page, I'm like, okay, I know when I edit this, it's all going to go away. But there has been worthwhile things to come out of those days too, because I'll write a line or something and I'll think, oh, I can make this whole other subplot happen earlier so that it leads up to this little detail that's so insignificant right now but it can change the whole course of a character's art. Yeah, I agree about that.
2: I've learned a lot about my own story just through writing it. And I've come up with so many little breakthroughs just from spending time thinking about it. And even just writing something that is definitely going to get cut. I've had my fair share of pages where I'm like, okay, well, this isn't very good. (laughs) This is going to have to get thrown out. But the fact that I wrote it still, I don't know, I have a whole saved document of, things that I've cut out because I don't want to get rid of them because I feel proud that I made it even if it doesn't fit with what I'm doing. I still value it.
1: I also think there's value in scenes that you end up cutting or that don't fit in the plot because those scenes that you cut, they can really turn into something more interesting later in the rewrites in a different part of that story. There's definitely a scene or two that I have in my current draft that where they are right now and the way they're written are not going to (laughs) survive like that. But I have them in, in the Word document still because I think they might be useful later on. And I want to keep those around for the moment.
0: Yeah, I have characters who, when I go through and edit, they've changed descriptions. They look completely different than <laughs> when I first started. And I'm going to have to fix all of that. Some of them, their names changed halfway through to better things because I had placeholders. And there's just so many things that have changed Over the course of this writing, characters' personalities have been molded as we went. And I decided like, oh, they're going to say this thing. Okay, that means their personality is like this. And now when I go back, I'm going to have to add all of that in so that they're consistent. But I wouldn't have found that out about them if I hadn't spent that time with them. It's like being with a friend where you learn more about them as you go. And you don't really know what their personality is and what their quirks are until you've spent time with them. (laughs) Kind of like our little group here. <laughs> <laughs> it's just things that you, you don't necessarily find out in, in just an outlining process, even though the outline itself is really beneficial, especially when you're first starting out. Like if you're starting out with just sort of a theme or, or a message, that can really shape a story. And I don't know, starting from there, it feels super vague and really, really hard to, to work from. Like, if you don't have a character to base everything off of or, like, a story idea, how do you guys deal with crafting a story around just, like, a theme?
1: I always have the tone and and the theme spark with maybe, like, a a moment of a scene or a snippet of the world to me. And so that, like, impression of the world, you know, something similar to our, our, our own but a little bit grittier and a little bit more magical... Then I think about who would live in that space. And once I have an idea of a main character, I tend to run with that. And and I have the idea for how I want the story to feel and how I want the world to feel and what I want it to say. And so then from there, as I'm writing it or free writing, either way, depending on where I am in the story, I get more of an idea of the character's arc and other things build on that, other characters' sp- spots. Spark up. (laughs) Sorry. I can't talk right now. Apparently it's too late, but (laughs) (laughs) yeah, we're recording at 10 (laughs) PM. It's great for me. I'm so much more alive at night. (laughs) I know I'm a night owl, but my brain isn't anymore because I work so
2: many day shifts. (laughs) 5 AM is way better for productivity. No, no, No. that is never going to happen. Stephanie, (laughs) get it out of your head right now.
1: If that's even a, a whisper of a thought, you need to kill it. <laughs> <laughs> Smash
0: it with a hammer right Look, now. 5 a.m. immediately when I wake up, that's when I get my writing done. Cool. Every morning.
1: That's not when you get your podcast done. <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think I can do better writing in the morning if if it's like a summer so the kids don't have to get up for school. And I've got a little quiet time to get up and do something by myself before the daily grind starts. It can be really helpful, but... Getting myself out of bed is very hard, especially because I read at night. And if I make the stupid decision of starting, like, a long fanfic or a new whole book, I have a problem with putting them down. So I may be extremely tired and not wanting to get out of bed early <laughs> before the children wake up.
1: <laughs> I don't do anything before 8 a.m. And if I can help it, I don't do anything creative or or brain-using. U- <laughs> brain-using. <laughs> mm-hmm. I don't do
2: anything intelligent. Before 10 a.m., I refuse. Mornings are terrible. Isn't that interesting how different times of day are so different for everyone? It's interesting that our human brains can be so variant.
0: My brain shuts off at 7 p.m., and I don't get any work done after that. (laughs) Yeah, I get nothing done after about
2: 6.30. It's a miracle if I do. (laughs) I'm most inspired and
1: motivated from 2 p.m. to 11 p.m., but if I work, at, if I'm at, at a job and have to really use my brain from 8 a.m. to 5 or 8 a.m. to 4, I cannot function intelligently after like 9, 10 p.m. <laughs> it's a real dilemma because I'm inspired and I'm motivated, but
2: I just sound real dumb, which is not what I want when I'm writing. I think yeah. finding time that your inspiration Clicks with your ability to write is so difficult. It's one of the harder things about writing for me because I've always got story ideas floating around in my head, but finding that balance between motivation and ability to actually write without getting interrupted is very hard for me because my kids and my husband are very, very interrupty people. Being an adult is rough, isn't it? Yes. Nobody told me this.
1: I'm glad I don't have kids to deal with after work but my office schedule definitely gets in the way of me being productive like I want to be with writing when I'm inspired to work on writing, because it is not useful for me to have a scene idea and a story wave of inspiration at 2pm when I have three hours left to work. And I try my best to jot them down and come back to
2: it, but it's hard to convince yourself to come back to them. That's something I've found that is helpful for me, is to write down my little ideas that I get through the day, even if I can't write them into my story or flesh it out. I have a notepad thing on my phone that I try to write all my weird little ideas. I get a lot of them like at night when I'm in bed and I'm about to fall asleep. Sometimes I'll get this brilliant breakthrough idea and I have to write it down because I'll forget by morning. But having a notebook to write down all those little bits and pieces that you come up with, I think can be really beneficial to writing because if you're only focusing on writing when you're sitting at your computer or your notebook you may not keep some of the brilliant ideas your mind comes up with when you're doing other things.
0: Yeah, I definitely think you should be at least having your story and your writing running in the back of your head at all times, like keep it always on your mind to some degree and whenever something pops up in your daily life, in your reading, in your media consuming, or whatever. Like, maybe you see something that happens in a movie and you're like, I really like that idea. I think I want something like that to happen in my own story. Write it down. Write down everything you like seeing and what you consume. Write everything down that you wish happened in things you consume and any other random ideas that you come up with to, like, do to your character's scenes you want to have happen, dialogue you think would be witty or whatever we think dialogue is when it's always terrible.
2: I think you could even write down things you don't like so later you can figure out how you could work it or make it better. Yes. Yeah. Thinking analytically like that about stories that you read or movies that you watch, I think helps you develop your skills as a writer because it helps you to problem solve in your own head before you're stuck. Not a problem. I
1: think consuming media from a storyteller's perspective is so useful if you're looking at the plots and the characterization and all of that as stories and as the the truth that there were humans behind those stories that crafted them thoughtfully, it really makes you dive deep into what aspects you want to carry into your work and what aspects you definitely want to avoid.
0: Yeah. Bonus points to writing everything down. Uh, From having that, you can start trying to piece things together and you've kind of already got a basic plot line (laughs) figured out just from that stuff, like figuring out how to piece together and connect the different ideas that you like. That's Uh kind of the arc of your story in the end. Yeah, there's
2: methods that basically tell you to do that, write all sorts of things and then figure out how to get them together as a cohesive story.
0: You know, maybe not everything will fit in one book, and that's okay. Now you have another story figured out for the follow-up. Yeah, or you could save it for
2: something else, because, like, you should try to keep all your ideas, because you never know when you can use it and when it will be applicable, because it came from your brain. Obviously, something about it speaks to you.
0: I've seen a lot of recommendations when you're first starting out to, like, plot out your beats, plot out your character arcs, and I don't know, that sort of stuff makes me kind of nervous. It reminds me of the like plotter in me to spend all of my time figuring out every single nitty gritty detail. And I feel like you spend forever just plotting out your hypotheticals instead of actually getting anything written down. Like you'll find motivation for characters as you start writing, as scenes kind of emerge. I don't know. What do you guys think?
1: I think there's a push and a pull to any sort of plotting, because aspects of it, you you have to be willing to let go of as you write and it moves in a different direction. And so to me, it's really about what aspects are you going to maintain no matter what, and what aspects of your story are you willing to let go of and change and shift? Mm -hmm. Like, for you, I think plot is a stronger one, and the characterization and the emotional beats and things like that can change and shift to fit, whereas I... I try my best to fit the plot and the scenes to what I want the emotional beats to be.
0: That's an interesting idea. I don't necessarily know if that's specifically the case for me. It kind of just depends on where I'm at in the writing because when I first started out, it was very plot driven. Like it's obviously important to me that characters are driving the plot, not, not random events because that just doesn't feel as compelling. Um, but I think now that I have less of an idea of what is meant to have in the- what what's meant to happen in this structured outline, uh, the characters are more developing where things are going to go because they just sort of do things and <laughs> then I'm like, okay, yeah, I guess we'll be going down this way and this thing happened. Maybe there's this weird subplot that's gonna come up, but- Now I actually don't know what I'm going to do with that. So I have to keep bringing it up until I figure it out, I guess. (laughs) I mean, that's
1: fair. But you do know where you want some characters to end at the story. Yes. And where you want some books to end with, like, villains and main characters. You know their fates. And so you're moving towards that, even if the plot points shift.
2: Yeah. I think letting go of... Things you love, whether it's scenes or plot points or even whole characters, is a very difficult thing as a writer. Rough. Especially when it's just something you thought was so funny or just the best little scene you've ever written. It's really hard when you realize, oh, this doesn't fit here and this is the thing that's making it so I can't continue. Okay, I guess I have to get rid of this whole idea and do something different. You have to
0: sit and fight with yourself for a really long time. Like, your pride is sitting there, just growling.
2: Like, no, like, it's mine.
0: Yeah, it's like protecting its bone, just <laughs> growling it. And you're like, but I gotta get rid of it.
2: And you're like, no. Like, no, it this is, is.
0: It's this better is than you
2: think. This is a good bone.
0: <laughs> One thing that I am really
1: bad at going from first drafts to second drafts to so on and so on is that I really struggle to let go of very strong emotional reactions for small things. I'm like, no, she's definitely crying right here. I'm not going to get rid of those tears. She's sobbing. (laughs) Whereas it's like, like, no, no, that can't stay because she was crying 20 pages ago and she
2: can't just always be leaking water. Oh, gosh. Yeah. (laughs) On the last version of my story. My character just hung out in her room a whole lot. And I was like, all right, on this rewrite, we are going to stop this just because that's what I want to do does not mean that's what she wants to do and what will make her better (laughs) because it does not make me better. I'm better when I get out of the house, not when I keep staying by myself and being a hermit. One thing terrible that happened in the last two chapters I wrote is
1: I was at the library when I was writing them because I wanted to get out of my house and I had forgot to Make coffee that day, and so in two chapters, my character thought about or stopped for and drank coffee no less than 10 times. Oh, oh no! My <laughs> gosh. And I was like, as soon as I started rereading that, I was like, oh, oh no, she can't care about coffee that much. That's
2: inhuman.
1: <laughs>
2: <laughs> oh, isn't that funny how our so much of our self bleeds into our stories? I wouldn't say that my character. Is a self insert in any way, but she does have a lot of just little pieces that are part of me that I think are important and need to either be fixed as I can't fix them in the real world or I don't know, just explored in some way so I can understand it better. I would say my character, my main character,
1: is more like me than most of their characters in the story, but by no way am I, is she the same as me? And a self insert, I think. Uh, I would not want to read a character with the motivations that I have as a person because I aspire to lead a boring doll life (laughs) and to just do work and come home. (laughs) And so I think there's a lot that I, a lot of tiny little things that I give to my character that's similar, but the big overarching uh, desires and wants and personality traits are very different because I feel like, more dramatic characters are more interesting to me to read.
0: I think my character is more like me than I intend to have her be by the end. But because we're still, I'm still exploring the, the world and the plot and the development of everybody else. And I have a lot of characters that I'm working with and each one I have to develop in a way that's unique and each one I have to give just a little piece of myself so I can identify with them and grow them. Uh, I, by the, the second draft, I think is when everyone's going to kind of really begin to shine as individuals, because right now I'm still figuring everything out.
2: I think something that I kind of do when I'm developing different characters, I definitely base them, not 100% or anything, but little things about my characters just on people around me. Oh, absolutely. Like my character's mother is, there's some very similar things to my own mother, just like, the smell of her aprons and what she likes to do when she bakes. And I was reading back through it in April when I was using uh, NaNoWriMo to edit. And I was just sitting there and I was tearing up and I was like, oh my goodness, this is my mom. And so I'm definitely going to be sending little clips to my mother so she can kind of understand like how she is in my head.
0: Most certainly not the whole thing. Definitely <laughs> not
2: the whole thing because there's some filth. My character's X ex- is very similar to my current
1: partner, and I'm like, oh no, she can never read this. (laughs) Because that sends a bad message.
0: (laughs) That's so funny. My character's eventual romantic interest is absolutely nothing like my partner, who I love dearly. Uh, It just doesn't fit the character at all. He's too sardonic. (laughs) this character who is kind of coming into his own. He's pretty sheltered when you first start the story so he's he's developing his character but he's definitely absolutely nothing like my own partner.
1: My character's romantic interest is nothing like my partner but my character's ex is (laughs) and I can never let her
0: know. Until she watches this. Oh no. Listens to. I guess there's not much to
2: watch. Well... My partner's not going to listen to this, and I am going to admit that I've written a lot of his weird little quirks and bizarre things he does to just throw into a character someday because they're hilarious. I'm like, oh, I can use this weird thing you just said. (laughs) Well, uh, i've got a whole list it's great to be fair to
1: myself in case she does read, listen to this because boy i just realized that's a possibility <laughs> the x is a lot better of a choice but my main character is not the most emotionally healthy for most of the story and so the romantic lead is not a
0: good choice for her that makes sense always good lessons to teach kids be with the person who's probably not the best for you <laughs> main characters don't have
1: to be good role models you just have to set the story and the world up in a way that it's clear that they're not doing good things and that they don't get rewarded for
2: their bad decisions oh i agree That's fair. i think as long as you handle things realistically you'll avoid uh like a twilight debacle <laughs> <laughs> oh
0: boy 50 shades
2: of gray oh oh so many, so many things we could talk about, but there is hope out there that if things of that caliber can become popular, so can your writing. It's a fluke.
0: <laughs> Isn't that the truth? It's it's really up to chance. A lot of it, to be honest.
2: I think that's kind of a scary thing about writing, because. You can pour your whole heart and soul into something and it can it can be really good, but something weird and problematic and not the best can get picked up by society and become a thing. But I think the thing to remember is that when you write something, it's going to affect somebody in some way. Somebody's going to find it and it's going to speak to them, even if it doesn't speak to everyone in the world or become popular Something you have to say could really help somebody or make someone feel valid or understood and find something that they can relate to. So I think that's a very compelling reason to tell your story, even if you know that you're not likely to become the next bestseller.
1: (laughs) I think that's a really good reason to tell stories and that we're uh, people like humans are storytellers. And that's something that if you're called to do, you should really hone that because it's a craft. And beyond just the sake of trying to become a bestseller or become popular or famous, you're honing a craft that's really important to, like, our species as a whole. And I think that skill building is a worthwhile pursuit. And it's entirely different than the lottery of fame that some writers get, but many don't.
0: Yeah. And I think even regardless of those things, like, you want to really be careful about caring a lot about being published, because there's tides to society that are ever-changing, and you can't necessarily always keep up on what theme, what fad is going to be the next big thing and whether your story is going to fit that. And even if you could, I think it's really important to not try to write for that. Your story should speak to you. And if you're telling a story that affects you and helps you, It's likely going to help someone else, but I don't think you should be writing with the idea that it's going to affect someone. Obviously that's every writer's dream is you're going to write something and people are going to love it. They're going to identify with it. It's going to help them in some way. It's going to inspire them in some way. Like one of the awesome things about writers is that they're the sort of creators who want to share with the world to help others share with the world kind of a thing. Like you're giving your voice, To inspire someone else to give theirs. But you have to be giving your voice for your sake first. If you're trying to speak to someone else, then I feel like you're going to miss something really big.
1: I agree with that. I would also say that trying to tell the best version of your story possible, if you pursue that when you have that best version and when you decide this is the version that I have, this is what the best way I, I know how to tell it then you can focus on what are you going to do with that. But until it's a good story, until it's a finished story, then it doesn't really matter if it's for yourself or for other people or for a publisher because it doesn't exist yet, or it's not finished
2: yet. Yeah, I agree with that. I think that you should always go into or work on a story with the mindset that even if it's not the most original thing in the world, or if it's been done before, it hasn't been done by you. And you have a specific life and a specific outlook and point of view that no one else does. So even if it's similar to something else, it will be different because it came from you and it came from your heart.
0: Everyone brings their own life experiences and trials and hurdles that other people haven't experienced in the same way, react in the same way, healed in the same way. Everyone's going to bring something unique. I agree with that. I nodded, but I do agree with it. The audio (laughs) show. (laughs) So I guess when, when you start to try and find your story from whatever element that you have to begin with, whether it's a theme, an element, a lesson that you want to teach, just a random character, maybe the idea for a world, whatever it is, try to find within that the part that speaks to you the most and start building from there. So... What about that idea really sparked your interest the most? What about it spoke to you and called you to talk about it? And I think if you write with that in mind all the way through, then you're going to write something that even if it's not the best writing in the world, it's going to be something you're proud of. And it's going to be something that you take with you in the next draft or the next story, whatever the case may be.
2: Yeah, if you can stick to that most meaningful part of your story, I think you're setting yourself up for really good things because that's something that I think some stories lack, just that depth and that thing and that honesty, I guess, that someone has. yeah. Yeah, if you're sincere, working with your idea and saying whatever it is that you need to say with your story, I think that it will be all the better for it.
0: Yeah, I absolutely think that's true. Well, I guess that wraps it up for today. And now we pass the conversation off to you, listeners. What tools do you use to develop those first ideas? How do you combat writer's block? Follow us on Twitter at Writing Emerged or join us on Facebook at Writers Emerging and share your tricks. Keep writing and we'll see you next week.